People of Note on Fine Music Radio is proudly brought to you each week at this time by Peter Turin Productions. You're listening to Fine Music Radio, and this is Rodney Trudgeon welcoming you to this week's edition of People of Note. Now, from the 3rd to the 18th of November, Spear Wine Farm and Third World Bunfight presents Constellations, the Garden of Good and Evil. It's been directed by Brett Bailey, and I'm told that we can expect a unique cultural experience in the forested wilderness at Spear, where atmospheric encounters await in the dark woods and under a starlit sky. It sounds fascinating. One of the performers is Megan Horitz who is a physical theatre performer, among other things. She writes plays and fiction. She performs, directs theatre, and creates industrial theatre. And Megan is with me here in the studio. Megan, welcome, welcome. It's good to have you here. Thank you so much. I saw a picture of you in the publicity for this Constellations, and you looked terrible. You looked frightening <laughs> had I seen you like that. In the middle of the night, I would have run screaming. I think that's the whole point this time. I think um, <clears throat> with the, you know with the title of in the garden of good and evil, mm. um, I'm I'm supposed to be quite scary. I think you must explain what this is all about. The fourth iteration, a series of intimate encounters that beautifully connects performers, spectators, and total strangers in an intriguing way. That's quite um, <laughs> makes you want to know what it's all about. Absolutely. Yeah. So. I think because this is my second time around, this is my second um, constellations that I'm performing in, I've got a really good sense of of what happens. And it's quite extraordinary. Um, Audiences are divided into groups and they follow a performance trail. So they go from performer to performer over the course of an evening. And this time around, there will be six performers and each group of audience will experience all six performers as they travel through the wild section of Spear, (laughs) not the sort of tamed lawn section, but the kind of crazy bush, bush, Mm. river, um, treed, starry. Yes. And so each small group of audience will join up with one performer for 15 minutes and then move on to the next. So the idea this time is is very much that each 15 minutes of performance is unexpected, unusual, unsettling, and quite sort of intriguing. Okay. You did that with a little look, almost like your picture. <laughs> it's a, it's an amazing idea. And how big then are the groups that go around? Uh, do you divide the audience up into small groups to go to each of these six? Yes. So the the audience is, is divided into groups of, I think, um, I think this time probably between eight and 12. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they will have a guide and the guide will take them from spot to spot where they'll meet up with each performer. Wow, my goodness. And when they, what sort of performances are they? I know clearly it's got to be a little secret, but just a sort of a vague idea of what we can expect. Music. I know that there are definitely some musicians. Storytelling. Um, it's all site-specific, and this time around it's, um, it's quite character-driven. So there are characters that sort of match up with this notion of in the garden of good and evil. <laughs> and so I think it's, got, it's, it's tantalizing, but I think it's, it is a little bit frightening and mm-hmm. unsettling. And the fact that it is at night, um, yes. is everything completely dark except when you get to where – do you have to stumble over rocks and bushes? Well, you've got a guide and there are pathways and there are um, – Gas lanterns. Oh, lanterns, yes, 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 yes. And so each little area may be lit by a gas lantern or even a bonfire. Oh, my. And just you must explain that picture of yours because why were you looking so evil and witch-like? So I, um, Brett has chosen a performer character for me and um, my character is someone who sits in an armchair with her dead husband in an urn on the table and she 
reads stories to him that she's written. To her dead husband. To her dead husband, Bob. Now, did you write those stories? Is that part of yours? Is it all written? Who? Tell me a bit about the production, because Brett Bailey's in charge, isn't he? Yes, and Brett, of course, is this maverick and he this is. Maverick visionary. Is a good Absolutely, and um, he's, he he really has, in a weird kind of way, created his own language, um, theatrical language, through his his productions, and and I think that does translate into the whole constellations vision. So I think he's a combination of a director and a curator in that he's he's curated performers who will do um who will propose certain things. So he's given me this character as inspiration and I've gone and thought, hmm, I wonder what I could do. Oh, I see. That's mm. and then so you did in fact write what you were reading I, to your I've husband. I've chosen a piece of writing that I think will match brilliantly with it. It's uh-huh. pretty unsettling. It's quite personal. It's very dark. Um, oh, my. It's very sort of um, Twin Peaksy in a way. Okay. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. Gosh. It's very exciting. But I mean, it's, and it's, it's, I love performing Constellations. I love it because it creates a kind of relationship with an audience that's, very unusual. Yes, very um, different from sitting in a theatre. Very different from sitting in a theatre, very immediate, kind of ancestral in a weird kind of way, you know, storytelling, but also unpredictable. That's the part I like, tantalising, the word you used earlier. Yes. is how I'm feeling. I'm feeling tantalised. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> Megan, your first piece of music, Everything is Illuminated. Yes. What and why? It's actually, um, I've chosen a soundtrack. So the movie is based on a Jonathan Safra book called Everything is Illuminated. And it's, it's an incredibly beautiful um, story about a young man who goes to look for his Jewish ancestry um, and finds this wild young man to um, lead him through um, Lithuania, I think it is, or Romania, I'm not sure. And it's really, it tells the story of how they are related in a weird kind of way because of this terrible history. So this is now just an excerpt from that from that soundtrack? No, no, no. Um, I've left it open-ended so you can choose which piece you want to slot oh, in. Oh, my goodness me. I know. Okay, all it's right. A, it's a very beautiful soundtrack from from the film.
you are some atmospheric music from everything is illuminated and it was the choice of my guest the first choice on people of note here on fine music radio this week her name is megan horitz and megan is part of constellations the garden of good and evil which you can see at spear wine farms in november and i'm becoming more and more intrigued as we go along we were talking megan about brett bailey but i'm just reading here about the different Although we don't want to give away too much, do we? But he does say he's given each of the performers a whimsical, somewhat twisted character mm. um, to interpret, as you as you said, Megan, a singer who lives in a bush in the belief that she's an insect. <laughs> that must be interesting. A woman who reads stories to the ashes of her husband she murdered. So you murdered your husband. That's the theory. Oh, a sensitive poet who lost his marbles in the mall, all sorts of things. So it does sound fascinating. Why is it called Constellations? I was just wondering. Um, I think when Brett did the first one, because I think this is the fourth iteration at Spear, it was very much about how everything is connected and we can look to the stars and we are all somehow related and... Um, the world of the stars is reflected back um, oh, in the okay. world below. Okay. Um, this is very much, um, I'm winging it here. Okay. But um, <laughs> I think that that's the idea also because doing outside performances, you are confronted with this night sky that is quite extraordinary. And of course, just to be a killjoy, um, what if it rains? I don't think that I've experienced that problem yet. I mean, sometimes the wind blows. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it rains, I guess then we will just end up choosing another night. Because we are only performing on Friday and Saturday nights, it's possible that if that we might need a weather day, in which case I'm sure oh, okay. that it will be el- elected. So let me just get this right. We say it's on from the 3rd to the 18th of November, but only Friday and Saturday. That's right. So it's 3rd and 4th, 10th and 11th. 17th and 18th. Okay, okay. And um, the uh, the whole concept of <laughs> how many people can you take all together because you divide up into groups. So is, is booking limited? I think booking is limited, but I don't think it's very small. So, mm-hmm. for example, if there are um, six groups of between 10 and 12, then the maths is between 60 and 72 people, okay. something yes, like that. But I can't believe I just did the math. <laughs> you did too. Well done. I'm shocked. You see, you go and murder your husband and then look what happens. Exactly. Or did you, or as did you I? said just now. It's, the actors, uh, Megan, must find this a, a challenge as well, not to be on stage and, you know, backstage and then coming on and the lighting and all that, because it's presumably quite intimate in that the people who come to each of these six scenarios is quite close to you. Absolutely. Physically, physically close it is. It's a physically close space and you're definitely relying on eye contact and making sure that that 
that in this intimate space you are being read. So mm. It, mm. It, 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 it's definitely a different sense then. And I think there's also, there is more of um, an improvisation aspect to it because you do have to deal with what comes up. I was going to ask you, is there an element of improvisation, even though you've written the story and the various players have done their thing? Is there an element of improvisation? Um, Certainly for me there is, Mm -hmm. and I'm allowing myself the freedom to be agile enough to shift and and possibly propose a different thing, depending on who's sitting around the fire. (laughs) Right. Will you have a fire? I may or may not. I'm not sure. I think that some of us may have fires and some of us might not. I suppose when I talk about the fire, I'm talking very much about what I did the last time, which was completely improvised. So I never knew what I was going to do until my audience got there. This time it's different for me. So each of the performers performs his or her piece six times. Correct. Because of the six audiences going around. That's right. And how does that feel? Doing the same thing six times. It's not. It doesn't ever feel like I, it's the I same thing. I was just going to say, I bet yeah. you it's not the same no. thing. No. <laughs> it feels different every time. I mean, I think, uh, obviously, I am basing what I'm saying on my previous experience, which was wildly different every time. But I think this time I do have um, a stronger base to work from. And so I'll see. <laughs> It sounds wonderful. I know. Do the actors, I think, did I ask you, do the actors like this? Do they enjoy it? Do you enjoy it? I I became quite obsessed with it. <laughs> it becomes, you? for me, it was, I, be, I did become quite obsessed with this idea of this traveling audience and this very short space of time to put something across. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I loved it. How long is each Performance. So this time around, it's fifteen minutes. Okay, which so is quite could be quite long or could be terribly short. Exactly, depending on what you're doing. Yes, um, it does go very fast. It really it does. It goes very fast. And before you know it, your audience is getting up and moving to the next thing, and you've got the next group coming in, and. It starts all over again. Yeah, it's quite yeah. trippy, actually. Trippy? Mm. <laughs> That's an interesting <laughs> expression. Um, do you, are, are the various, and this is a practical question I'm asking, is are the various performances separated by enough distance so you don't hear what's going on in the next? In general, they are. I mean, mm-hmm. I, sometimes you do hear things on the wind, and in one or two cases previously, the performances were sort of quite loud and dramatic, so you did. But... That just sort of added to the whole whole thing. So the audience will think, oh, what's happening there? I'm going to go there in a minute and see. Very much so. Gosh. And then um, is there, in the course of the performances, is there music? Because you you speak about atmospheric. Everything's atmospheric and slightly haunted, I get the impression. Is there any sort of music soundtrack or any kind of music? There isn't any kind of anything that requires electricity. Electricity, oh, okay. or yeah. because we are literally out on the banks of the river in the wilds, mm. so there are one or two, or maybe even three of the performers are musicians. So they'll be, but obviously unplugged. Yeah. As for atmospherics, I think individual performers will create that with look and feel. Yes, like you. Yeah. <laughs> Ghoulish. Yes. Now, I see your next piece is Bruce Springsteen. Yes. What have we got here? Atlantic City. Is there a reason you've selected this? Um, I, ever since I was a child, I've be, been obsessed with Bruce Springsteen. He's been like, you know, my fantasy boyfriend, the one that I talk about. And so um, I've chosen Atlantic City because I, it, it's, it's a story. And mm. I love that Bruce Springsteen is is by nature a storyteller, and this is off Nebraska, which is his. Um, he recorded it alone in a room on an eight track, and it's such a beautiful story. Sad story. Well, they blew up a chicken man in Philly last night. Now they blew up his house too. Down on the boardwalk, they're getting ready for a fight. What them racket boys can do Now there's trouble bustling in from out of state And the DA can't get no relief Gonna be a rumble out on the promenade And the gambling commission's hanging on by the 
Bruce Springsteen here on Fine Music Radio, a piece called Atlantic City and another choice of my guest this week on People of Note. And I'm talking to Megan Horitz, who's part of Constellations, the Garden of Good and Evil at the Spear Wine Farm in November. And as we're hearing, it all does sound good and evil. Um, It also says here um, about interdisciplinary performance artists, all this sort of thing happening together. And beautiful music, song, and haunting tales. So there is a haunted element to it, isn't there? Definitely. I mean, I think that the obviously the space really lends itself to that. But also I think that there's, I think Brett's chosen this theme, mm-hmm. at which I think will be supported by each performance. And Spear obviously enjoys the idea of letting you do all this, because they've always had a theatrical element to them, haven't yes. they, Spear? And I think, as far as I understand it, Spear have lost their, their theatre. Mm. So I think that this is such an amazing alternative. Yeah, something completely different. Is yeah. that you, you talk about glass of wine when you get, are you entertained with wine and all that as part of your ticket? I don't know that part. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll wait but I'm sure. See. I'm yeah. sure. I'm reading here somewhere that there's wine as well uh, from the uh, from the Spear Farm. But now, Megan, I want to talk a little bit more about you. Then we'll go back to constellations in a moment. It says you write plays and fiction, perform, direct, and create industrial theatre, and that you improvise in front of a live audience at least once a week. How's that 
I used to improvise at least once a week. Obviously, we've been doing that much less mm-hmm. since um, COVID. Of course, of but course, we still yes. try really hard to perform um, to improvise as often as possible. Who's we? Um, I belong to an improv troupe. We are celebrating our thirtieth birthday. Oh, We're called Impro Guys. We started off as theatre sports in Cape Town. Oh yes, and that I was, remember that. Yeah, and that was a long time ago. And in fact, we used to perform here at Artscape, but. Yeah, we still tried. Our home now is the Galloway Theatre um, at the Waterfront Theatre School. And we've got some shows coming up soon. We've got shows on the 27th and 28th of October at the Galloway. And we've got two more shows as well um, the following week. And then we've got two shows in December as well. Mm. And yeah, improvising, completely different kinds of improv. I think our first show is kind of going to be an Austin-esque kind of improv. Our next one is going to be, I think we've got a musical, so some long form, some short games. I never ever went to the theatre sports. I never Mm. saw one of those productions. I always wondered how it worked. And now this is what you're saying. You, you, You must surely decide on a theme and then see what happens. Yes. So the audience that comes has no idea what's going to happen that night. Well, they might know what genre or what format we're doing. So Mm -hmm. there's all these different improv formats. But we still base everything that we do on suggestions from the audience. So the audience will give us either titles or something to include or a location and then we'll use whatever information we get from the audience to create and to improvise to make it up. It must be well a combination of very exciting and creative for the actor but also a little bit scary. I think that... If I said um, Wagner's Ring Cycle Set in a laundromat (laughs) A Ring Cycle very good. I'm never going to ask you that question again. <laughs> Megan, also um, industrial theatre, which is quite popular as well, isn't it? It was. Oh, We've also, also was. absolutely suffered an amazing death. Mm-hmm. Um, I th- I'm hoping that it, at some point people will start re-seeing that industrial theatre is an incredibly powerful tool, tool to communicate ideas, um, campaigns, um, messaging. Um, through live performance, particularly in South Africa, where we've got um, such diversity in terms of audiences. And it's a very, very effective way to to communicate. Um, I I always remember that it used to be very popular industrial theatre. So it is a pity, isn't it, that it has fallen by the wayside. Mm. Again, as you say, thanks to COVID and all the awful things that happened. Absolutely. In fact, I was busy with something. I was busy with a, a TB campaign. And all of a sudden we had to cancel it and none of that stuff's been picked up again. Mm -hmm. Which do you enjoy most? Acting, writing, um, directing, everything, improvising? I love improvising and I love applying improvisation. So I love teaching improv and I love using improv as a tool. I definitely use improv in rehearsals um, as as a director. And obviously I use improvising when I write as well mm-hmm. because off you go. Yes, as you said at the, your yeah. laptop. Um, did you, has theatre always been part of your life? Just yes. tell me a little bit. Did you grow up in theatre and sort of... I did. I um, I saw my first play when I was about six and it just so happened that the person who made the play was um, the woman who lived across the road from me in observatory in Johannesburg and she became a drama teacher. So I spent most of my time at her house. We did productions every sort of every school holiday and they were all improvised. We, ne- we didn't have scripts and we didn't learn lines, but we kind of had the format and we rehearsed and practiced. Some of them were touring productions where we'd literally go to orphanages and old age homes and um, shopping centers. And, and this was all while you were at school. This is when I was very little. Mm. And so I grew up with my drama teacher, Clara Tobe, and would end up doing her productions. <laughs> and so it was almost a no-brainer, sort of, when I, when I finally finished school and realized that I'd like to formalize it. And then mm-hmm. I came down to UCT and studied at UCT Drama School. Okay, and you've been here ever since? I did go back um, after I studied. I went back to Johannesburg and sort of tried to 
break into that theatrical scene. Mm -hmm. And just before 1994, I came back to Cape Town and haven't left. Okay. Now, the other thing, recently a couple of people I've spoken to, directors, speak about very physical theatre. Are you involved in that at all? Because that, I'm trying to remember um, the lady's name who produced, who directed The Promise. Um, and Sylvain. Sylvain, there you are, Sylvain yeah. Strike. Um, and she was fascinating about physical theatre. Yes. Does that interest you at all? Um, it does. I, I'm, I'm interested in it more as a theatre maker and, and somebody who's involved in theatre. I'm not necessarily a physical theater performer okay. but i think that it i think in south africa it's physical theater has almost become a genre that is very much how people make theater in south africa it's stylized it's separated out from a kind of traditional british and american realism mm-hmm. and i think that it's kind of theater that doesn't necessarily have a rigid vocabulary, but it has an exploratory vocabulary. And I think it's one of the few forms of theatre that can cross boundaries. All right. Okay. I think. Well, there you are. <laughs> that's a lovely description, actually. But now let's have another piece of uh, music that you've chosen. Moderna City Ramblers. What is this? Ciao Bella Ciao. Ciao Bella Ciao. Ciao Bella Ciao, Ciao, Bella Ciao um, is a song that became popularized by this um, Spanish TV series. And everyone was kind of listening to Ciao Bella Ciao. But the Moderna City Ramblers are this wonderful, very eclectic um, Italian-Irish combination folk music group that have been performing for years and years and years. And they do a version of... Ciao Bella Ciao, which is actually a revolutionary song. mattina mi sto svegliato oh bella ciao bella ciao bella ciao 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 una mattina mi sto svegliato e ho trovato l'invaso oh partigiano portami via oh bella ciao bella ciao bella ciao 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 partigiano portami via perché mi sento di morire e se io muoio da partigiano oh bella ciao bella ciao bella ciao che tu mi vedi seppellire, seppellire lassù in montagna, oh bella ciao, bella ciao, bella ciao, 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 seppellire lassù in montagna, e sotto l'ombra di un bel fiore.
Well, I like the title of the performers there, the Moderna City Ramblers. Mm. And they were performing Ciao, Bella Ciao, um, which was another choice of my guest. We're talking to uh, Megan Horitz on People of Note this week, mostly about Constellations, the Garden of Good and Evil at Spear in November, but also about the many other things. We've spoken a lot about improvisation or uh, improv, as you call it. But I also see, just reading about you, that specialities that attract you and that you work on include conflict resolution, creativity, listening, team building, communicating, breaking down language barriers. Is that all part of this improv thing? Yes. Including listening? Yes. So through the skills of improv and and improv philosophy, these are the byproducts of that. So improv is all about listening. Because you don't know what's happening, you don't have a script, you're making stuff up together. And so you really have to be very present and be very available and work as a team. And our kind of mantra is you are there to help your scene partner. So you're always ready to help somebody else. Even though you don't know where they're going at that moment. Yes. So you're ready to save them. Mm. And if if it's all about you, then you're doing it wrong. Okay, that's interesting. That's interesting. The other thing is, um, as an author, you've got a hugely popular book that's just been released called Lost Property. I hear people saying that they arrive at work late and exhausted because they couldn't put it down, (laughs) (laughs) which is a lovely compliment. What what is that all about? Tell me about Lost Property. So Lost Property is my debut novel. I haven't written a, a, a novel before. And it was also something that, interestingly enough, came out of COVID and lockdown and the dissolution of my marriage and my entire world looking completely different and having to kind of make sense of that. So it's definitely the starting point of Lost Property is my own life. Um, And then exploring through the protagonist, Lane, who is kind of unreliable narrator, her past growing up in a very apartheid um, Johannesburg in the late 60s and 70s and 80s. And then this present tense of Lane, which is kind of post-marriage and trying to understand what happened and who she married and why. And then this message of hope um, through this this young child that she meets and interacts with. Mm-hmm. So is Lane you? Uh, Lane sort of. is the fictionalized version of me. Okay, okay. So I always, because people always want to know what is true and what isn't true. And so I've used my story as a base and then I've completely given myself the freedom to fictionalize the story so that I was able to distill the emotional aspect of it and then create incidences and scenarios that would be able to amplify those feelings. Uh, even though they might be fiction. Yes. Yeah, yeah. A lot of a lot of the incidences are fictional. And what about the device or what word should I use of having a child coming along and changing things? I think that because the book has got a lot to do with dysfunctional mothers and um, dysfunctional families and even a dysfunctional South Africa to a large extent, where the place where we can do healing and the place where where we can do fixing, I think, is in uh, embodied in this child. Oh, that's interesting that you chose a child to mm. embody that within. Yes. yes. Gosh. And did you expect it to be such a hit? No, I, I had no idea what to expect, <laughs> especially since it was my, you know, it's, it's been my novel. Debu- debut novel. And so your expectations are kind of, oh, well, I hope someone reads it, mm-hmm. you know, and I hope someone understands what I was trying to do. I was very, very lucky because I had a publisher who took it up, Melinda Ferguson Books, and she's part of NB Publishers. So they're a big machine and they've been incredibly supportive. And so a combination of having the big guys and obviously an audience who really have responded beautifully to it has meant that it's 
developed a life, I know which is great. really lovely. Gosh, and a lovely surprise for first novel as I well. Know. Like that. I know. So will there be another one? That's what That's everyone asks. <laughs> I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> there, look, there is another one mm-hmm. in the pipeline. Mm-hmm. It, there's huge pressure on me because now it has to be good. Indeed. So we'll see what happens. Okay, but now we're going to have another piece of your music. And this time, yes. you're going all classical with one of the Bach cello suites. Is yes. this something you enjoy listening to? I wrote a play um, called um, Clouds Like Waves. And each um, little monologue and each duologue was separated out by a l- tiny excerpt of a, of one of the Bach cello suites. So it's... It's something I connect very beautifully with. Mm-hmm. And this is the first prelude, the first suite, the prelude there too, yes. uh, which possibly is the most famous actually and That's sets right. you on the road to these wonderful suites. Bach cello suite, the first of the cello suites, the prelude played there by Yo-Yo Ma. Music that's a little bit hypnotic, isn't it? So it must have worked quite well in a play would you, that you used, didn't you? You used some of that in your yes. play. Yes, and the play is called Clouds Like Waves, and there's this sense of the tides moving in and the tides moving out. With the cello, gosh. Yeah. Do you, have you written a lot of plays? It's, uh, uh, we've just I spoken about your novel. So you're well into playwriting. Yes, I have written a lot of plays. I started off co-writing plays with people, and I, in fact, co-wrote quite a lot of plays with um, the late Graham Weir. And, but I, I have. I've written quite a lot of plays. Not all of them have ended up on stage, but a number of them have. Mm-hmm. And excitingly, in at the end of November, I, I've written a children's musical, which is going to be performed at the Market Theatre in Johannesburg, called The Terrified Talabalushi. Okay. <laughs> you must bring it down here. I have um, the Market Theatre and the Quasha Theatre Company, um, who are based at Windybrow, are um, producing it. So, oh, excellent, excellent. Yeah. In the meantime, you've got Constellations, and just let's brush over that before I let you go. Yes. It's called Constellations, the Garden of Good and Evil, and it's at the Spear Wine Farm. Uh, what is the Third World Bun Fight? 
Third World Bun Fright is Brett's production company, ah, and okay. so it's the umbrella company of all the theatrical work that he does. Okay, it's a lovely name. It's the best. Anyway, they're going to run on a Friday and Saturday through November from the 3rd to the 18th of November uh, at Spear and um, maybe take along a torch and some comfortable shoes. You don't have to worry about the torch. You will be guided. Comfortable shoes, definitely. And um, the best hint that I can give you is to bring um, mosquito repellent. Ah, that's interesting. Okay. Mm. And possibly something warm. And something warm, In case it gets chilly. It sounds like the most, I'm going to use that word again, tantalizing that you used earlier, because of the the good and evil, the atmospheric atmosphere, beautiful music, song, haunting tales, um, and then wandering around Spear. What would be better? Now, um, here, your last piece of music. Tell me about that. Dub? Dub Dub Inc. Dub Inc. are this um, French-based reggae band, who reggae pop band, who often deliver also really powerful messages through their music, and that's why I've chosen a song uh, called "Children of the Ghetto," um, which just felt really appropriate somehow. I don't know why. I can't remember okay. why I chose Never it. Never mind. We don't have to look for reasons. You like it, and I that's do. the reason for putting it in. I've been talking to Megan Koritz, who's in the production that I've been telling you about, Constellations, The Garden of Good and Evil. And wait till you see her under a tree. Don't get too much of a fright. Exactly. (laughs) Megan, thank you very much. It was great talking to you. Le 
le vrai adversaire n'est pas le voisin d'à côté Être le gardien de son frère, une responsabilité Et naître dans la misère n'est pas une fatalité Ok, so listen, rude boy, don't get so rough Évite les tentations de cet engrenage violent So listen, son boy, le plus jeune au plus grand Construisons des maintenant ce qu'on laisse à nos enfants So listen, People of Note on Fine Music Radio was proudly brought to you by Peter Turin Productions.